welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Good evening, everyone. I'm your host, Babs Yohai, and tonight, once again, I'm here with Dr. David Hanscom. We'll be discussing um, degenerative disc disease isn't a disease. So, Dr. Hanscom, then what is degenerative disc disease? Well, it's a common term, and ever since I've been doing medicine, not just spine surgery, for many years, people come in to me terrified because their doctor has told them they have degenerative disc disease, and of course they hear the word disease. That implies, you know, a serious illness. And what happens is that with the advent of MRI scans in the 1980s, why, as you get older, your disc lose water content. In other words, each disc is a hydraulic cushion that allows you to load it, have flexibility, and it's very, very strong, but it's also flexible. As you get older, you start losing water content, so the spines become stiffer. And so it's an MRI scan finding as you lose water content, since the MRI scan is based on the hydrogen ion, as you lose water, the discs become darker, and we call it, quote, black disc disease. Well, it's not a disease. So back pain, we only know the source of back pain about 5 to 10% of the time, and we don't know where something's coming from. It's really dangerous to start doing invasive treatments when you don't know what the exact problem is. So we don't know where back pain comes from most of the time, but what we do know is that discs degenerate normally with age in people that, that don't have back pain. In other words, it's completely but normal that- for a disc degenerate. What's that? Go ahead. So it's completely normal for discs. Then then everyone after like age 65, we all have degenerative discs. That's normal. So what happens is that at age 30, about maybe 10% of people have disc degeneration. And about 45 years old, it's about 40, 50%. And by the time you hit 65 years old, these are people, again, never had back pain. So by the time you get to be 60 years old, it's 100%. And so, by the way, it's not just disc degeneration, bone spurs, herniated disc, ruptured disc, bulging disc, arthritis. None of those have been correlated to be a cause of back pain. In other words, people without any back pain at all have all these findings on a regular basis. So why are so many surgeries being done for degenerative disc? Well, it's a good question, and it's really one of the reasons I'm doing this whole project is that Again, we know that disc degeneration is not a cause of back pain. That that is well known. And there's actually not one. So the, basically, I'm one of the surgeons who have been on both sides of this fence. I spent eight years based on degenerative disc disease. I would do a spine fusion. So the idea was that if the disc moves and is painful by welding it together and get rid of the motion, you should get rid of the pain. We didn't know the data initially, but I started practice in 1986. And in 1993, a paper came out from the state of Washington showing that the success rate of a spine fusion for back pain was about 20%. And another paper came out in the mid-1990s, same thing. A very careful paper came out of Stanford in 2006, and again showed the success rate of a back fusion for disc degeneration was about 22%. So in 1993, I just stopped. I said, I don't know exactly what to do, but I know this isn't working and the idea was that, okay, we do the fusion. And it, the, the other thing that's sort of ironic about disc degeneration is that generally, in a spine, it's not just one disc that's degenerated. It might be three or four. 
and then the surgeons tend to randomly pick out one of those four discs to fuse. I mean, you first of all don't know where the pain is coming from. Then if you really believe that it's a disc degeneration, how do you know which one it is? So I've seen multiple situations where surgeons randomly pick out a given disc and fuse it, and people don't do well. It's not a good operation because the problem when you do a fusion, it's not like if the fusion doesn't work that you haven't caused troubles. When you fuse the spine, you've literally surgically traumatized the spine. So you now have a disc segment that starts breaking above, just starts breaking down above and below the fusion, and people have surgery after surgery after surgery. And my record holder, which is a bad record to have, is a gentleman who started with his first fusion at age 30. By the time he hit age 50, he had 29 surgeries. It was fused from his mm-hmm. neck all the way to his pelvis. So unfortunately, wow. I see variations of this pretty much every week. So um, I was reading um, your blog and um, mentioned structural versus non-structural. So would you explain that and would you... If someone has a structural problem, then that would indicate surgery? Possibly. In other words, if, okay, so I define a structural problem if somebody has a specific symptom that the pain pattern matches the bone spur. In other words, let's say you have a pinched fifth nerve root in your back from a bone spur or a ruptured disc. The pain would, would go down the side of your leg. If you do an operation to remove the pressure on that nerve, that pain will disappear. With back pain, it's nonspecific. You, first of all, don't know where the pain is coming from. It could be muscles, tendons, ligaments. Um, disc degeneration is actually not the source of the pain in the vast majority of the time. I'm not saying it can never be, but the vast majority of the time that it's not the source of the pain. If your spine is grossly unstable, in other words, when you bend forwards and backwards, it slides back and forth, that can be a source of the pain. But um, even still, rehab is really critical. But even when you know where the source of the pain is and you do a fusion in that situation, that can work. That's called a structural problem where your spine's unstable. But disc degeneration would not be considered a structural problem because you don't know which disc is the problem. Again, it's, it's been document, documented to be not really a source of the pain. And the analogy I like to use is going to the dentist with a cavity that's painful. You know where the pain's coming from. You repair the tooth, problem solved. But if you go to the dentist with mouth pain, and you don't know the source of the pain. It could be a sinusitis. It could be gum disease. Who knows what it could be? You start doing procedures on something that you don't know where the pain is coming from, the chance of the dental procedure working is very, very low. And indeed, of course, that's what happens if you don't know the source of the pain, why procedures generally don't work. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, I I guess um, there's many, many surgeons that, Diagnosed this as a disease. Um, Correct. And you must you must have seen a lot of people for second opinions that are just traumatized that they have some their their spine is disintegrating. So what right. do you what do you tell them? Yeah, I mean, I I guess you tell them what you just said. Well, I mean, I'll just give you an example. So every day in clinics, if people sciatica, in other words, they have the bone spur, they have a structural problem that may or may not need surgery, depends how bad the pain is, but almost all of them have degeneration, bone spurs, some have scoliosis. So they have this structural problem of the sciatica, but they have no back pain. In other words, they have the bone spurs, they have the, the degeneration, which technically, if it was a source of pain, their back should hurt, right? So mm-hmm. most people I see that come in with a structural problem that's amenable to surgery don't have back pain. 
They almost all have degeneration or bones for or arthritis. Their back doesn't hurt. So I, on the website, I put a story up of a gentleman or of a woman who years ago had a ruptured pinched nerve on her fifth nerve root. She had a very, very ugly-looking smile. She used the word ugly because there's, there's scoliosis, there's bone spurs, there's all sorts of stuff. And so the tendency is actually to fuse the entire scoliosis to solve the problem. But guess what? She had no back pain. Again, I see this all the time. So I did a one-level fusion at L5-S1 to take care of that structural problem down the side of the leg. She went back to riding bicycles. I actually just saw her in 12-year follow-up. She's fine. Leg pain's gone. No back pain, no leg pain. She's doing just fine. She had some type of muscle strain that was different. But again, structural problems do well with surgery. If you can't see it, you can't fix it. Right. Well, um, you want to say anything about, I know I I read something about Jack Nicholas, and um, I know you must see a lot of golfers that want to get a little bit more range of motion. So can you Right. I mean, I'll I'll never forget a golf. Well, as a golf digest article, he really wasn't about his back pain, but it was really just showing the, the evolution of his golf swing over 20 years. Of course, he um, is one of the greatest golfers of all time, if not the greatest golfer of all time still. I mean, he may be surpassed by Tiger Woods. But he, um, when he was 20 years old, he, as he finished his golf swing, his back did what's called a reverse C, which is a nice arch to his lower back. And then when he, you know, 25 years later, why his spine is more more or less like a telephone pole, just a very stiff spine, even though it's a different swing, he still hit the ball a long ways. So as you as your disc degenerate, again, you're losing water content, your spine becomes stiffer and less flexible, but not necessarily a source of pain. So when you have back pain in a stiff spine, the problem is you're stretching the ligaments around the spine, which have about a million pain fibers per square inch. So back pain is painful. It, and the soft tissues have probably most pain in the body in general is the soft tissues around the hip, around the pelvis, et cetera. So, again, the discs themselves are not the source of the pain. It's these tissues around the spine that tend to be the source of the pain. What's ironic right now is that there's at least 500,000 fusions a year done for back pain based on degenerative disc disease. It's not a disease. It's a normally aging spine. So it's ironic right now that you have something that's documented to be not the source of pain. And I heard one industry study stating that by 2020 that they think there'll be 1 million spine fusions done per year in the U.S. alone, and a high percent of those are going to be for back pain, and it doesn't make any sense. What yeah. happened, I'll just tell you one story, is that one of my residents, I'm sorry, one of my fellows is a neuro, I'm sorry, he's an orthopedic surgeon, and one of his colleagues was taking his oral boards, which is a new thing for the neurosurgical boards. Normally, they just take written boards and they're done. So what the examiners do, they take your caseload and they look at the cases that you've turned in for the year. They start asking you questions about the case. So you have no choice about the cases you pick. You just pick a case series. The examiner gets to pick out any case that he wants. So this surgeon had done a fusion of what we call a black disc or degenerated disc. So the examiner started Googling him about what's the data, what's the support behind doing this operation, and the guy didn't have any data. In fact, there's no data that shows that a fusion works for a degenerated disc, none. So the, the guy finally blurted it out. He said, you know, if I had known I was taking oral boards, I never would have done this operation. So that's just one example. Oh, my Another, God. Another fellow sent me 
a case that his partner did from back east where there's a young woman in her 30s. She had a normal spine for age. In fact, her disregeneration was pretty minimal, and he did a two-level fusion on her, and he lost so much blood he put her in the ICU. But every day I see two to four patients that are having major surgeries done on spines that are completely normal for their age. And when you operate on normal anatomy, it's not going to go very well. And indeed, the success rate is about 20, 25%. I don't, I don't know of one research paper that documents that a fusion works for back pain. Not one. Wow. Wow. But the thing well, is that's frustrating is that patients come in with the diagnosis from their primary care doctors or another surgeon and they're told if you don't have surgery, you'll be paralyzed or your disregeneration is going to get worse. I don't know exactly where this comes from because it's, it's actually made up. There's not anything in our data that says we should be doing this. So I think we talked about the expressive writing on the last episode that there's over a thousand research papers that document the simple act of expressive writing improves sports performance, good performance, improves rheumatoid arthritis, skin healing. I mean, there's like 20 different things that the expressive writing does that works. A thousand research papers. I'm not aware of one research paper that documents that infusion works for back pain, for degenerative disc disease. Not one. So right now, a couple of years ago, the data was that spine fusions for back pain is like a $13.5 billion a year industry. It's just out of control. I was going to say, that's where the money is. Right. The other you problem know, is, well, is that when you're to... told... Go ahead. No, well, we have a... uh, we'll just end in a couple of more minutes. We have a few more minutes. So the, the thing no. is what happens, what I think is a, a big problem, is a person is told they have degenerative disease. And what happens, your, your brain starts doing really odd things. It actually focuses on your back. And the more you focus on a given situation, why that actually magnifies the impulse with repetition. So people come in really quite distressed that they're told they have degenerative disease is going to be progressive. And just the anxiety around that diagnosis actually changes the body's chemistry. And when you have anxiety, your, your body chemistry changes, which actually increases the nerve conduction, which actually increases the pain. So it's interesting. There's a study out Study, of Austra- study out of Australia that shows that just by educating patients as to the nature of chronic pain, the nature of the diagnosis drops the pain down by 80% in about 12 months, just education. So conversely, <clears throat> negative education or negative information makes things worse. We call it the nocebo effect. Right. I've, I've known a lot of people who've told me that um, they've had scoliosis all their life, but all of a sudden it's a problem. And um, right. I guess that's also a big diagnosis that freaks a lot of people out. I was 20 right. years old when I went to an orthopedic surgeon because I'm I'm a dancer and my knee was really, I had a lot of water on my knee. I didn't know what was going on. And he took an x-ray and he said, you have um early degenerative arthritis. And I said, well, wow, that sounds bad, you know. So I I was there. I mean, I was thinking, and plus you're seeing whether it's an MRI or, or an X-ray, this doctor is pointing to whatever part they're pointing to, and, and that's sort of laying down this um, permanent information in your brain, which 
is very disconcerting. So you, I asked him at that time, what can I do? Is there a surgery? Well, if you were a you know, famous football player, we'd figure it out. But, you know, he basically just told me to, um, and probably now they would have done surgery, but in those days right. he just told me to, to stop dancing, to do everything that I love doing. So I... I know how psychologically, and then, of course, I had more pain when I left that, you know, when I left his office because of um, the shock of that diagnosis. Right. No, that's what happens. I mean, and it was fascinating. It actually, at the end of the day, as you get into this pain process, you'll find out that it actually doesn't really matter where the pain's coming from. In other words... We have lots of patients now with structural problems that actually get better without surgery because they actually reroute their pain pathways to a different part of the brain. We also, the data shows that with um, hip, knee, and shoulder arthritis, that the severity of the pain does not correlate with, with the severity of the arthritis. In other words, the papers show that the amount, in other words, people with minimal arthritis often have severe pain, and people with bone-on-bone severe arthritis usually have no pain. It's, it's quite clear on that data so actually, it correlates more with the degree of stress, lack of sleep, et cetera, than it does with the severity of the arthritis. So it turns out by using the principles of rerouting the nervous system and calming things down, that even with an obvious structural problem like near hip arthritis, why the pain still goes away. And as my wife Wells knows, I have bad hips and bad knees. And if I'm diligent about getting sleep, doing my writing exercise, relaxing, getting sleep, et cetera, um, my pain's pretty minimal. Of course, I quit doing all that and quit exercising and quit doing what I'm supposed to do, and, I, and my knees kill me. But it's quite clear that I can really um, calm down my nervous system and calm down my pain dramatically just by doing the things that I tell my patients to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, this but, has um, been very interesting. Um, is, is there any last-minute um uh, information, advice that you'd like to give the listening public? I mean, I just I just think it's focused on this one particular topic. I mean, there, again, there's half of a million surgeries done at least a year, and we're almost at 2020 now, and the numbers keep climbing. So many of you listening to this podcast have been recommended to have surgery or have had it done. And unfortunately, what happens when you do do a fusion for back pain that the downside isn't just a failed surgery, things often become worse, but much worse. So really focus on the fact that just to generate your spine gets stiffer as you get older. It's not a disease. It's, it should be called a normally aging disc. And that's it. You just live a normal life, you know, based on taking care of your back carefully. But really, degenerative disease should come out of your vocabulary as, as, a, as a possible source of pain. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Hanscom, for another fascinating um, conversation. And I guess we'll be back pretty soon with our next topic. Thanks. Thanks for listening today. And join us next week for Back in Control Radio.